One thing I'm seeing a lot of is that because this whole conversation is getting much more sophisticated inside of organizations, you're starting to see entire functions focused on corporate responsibility, another separate function on DE&I, another separate function on environmental sustainability or purpose. Marketing needs to bring this whole story together. Hello and welcome. I'm Rob Levitt, and this is C-Suite Marketing. Today's episode is with Holly Humphrey, founder and head of HH Communications, former head of brand and external communications for EY in the Americas, and a longtime leader in C-Suite communications, sponsorships, and collaboration. In our previous episode of the podcast, I talked with Leslie Taylor from Gensler about the intersection of C-suite marketing with social issues and corporate purpose. I wanted to continue that conversation with Holly and get her perspective specifically on what it means to be a purpose-driven brand, what's changed over the past year, and putting purpose to work with executive engagement. C-Suite Marketing is sponsored by Boardroom Insiders, a business intelligence platform that makes executive engagement easier than ever. Learn more at boardroominsiders.com. Learn more about this podcast and all the work we do on executive engagement, ABM, and other B2B marketing issues at itsma.com. And please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And now for today's show. Holly Humphrey, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you with me today. Thank you, Rob. Happy to be here. Oh, great. Okay, so we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to get into... uh, corporate purpose, purpose-driven branding, how to apply purpose to executives and executive engagement. But let's just start. Tell me, Holly, a little bit about your new company, HH Communications and Consulting, and a little bit about your background. What got you here? Sure. Okay. Well, I'll start with what got me here. So I, um, I left EY just over a year ago, after 13 years in a variety of senior marketing and communications roles, I led brand and external communications in the Americas. And I also led EY's America's talent brand for a couple of years. But the golden thread through all of that was really thinking about how to engage with EY clients, people, recruits, and all stakeholders around the firm's purpose, culture, and values, and really spent a lot of time thinking about how to connect purpose and culture to the market and how to engage with the C-suite around these topics. So I started, when I left, I started HH Communications and Consulting to really focus on activating and accelerating purpose-driven brands. And that's really around, usually around three areas of focus, the actual platform development, what is your platform, the positioning, and then the activation and the strategic partnerships around that. Very exciting and a whole new adventure in terms of the new firm. 
Indeed. So this is not a new issue, but the last year that we've just gone through with COVID and George Floyd and, you know, climate crisis and everything has really, I think, accelerated a lot of the attention and, and commitment and engagement around corporate purpose, the role of businesses in some of these larger issues. Tell me a little bit about how you're thinking about where we are right now. I don't think you can underestimate how, you know, how this discussion has accelerated um, in the last year. 80% of the global workforce has been affected by COVID. And I think 2020 drove a reset back to the basics of the human experience in a lot of ways. Um, and the companies that have really been leading through this understand that there's this essential value of putting people first um, and there's a real focus on listening, understanding the needs of your clients and your people and adapting quickly. So, you know, I think a great example of that is the pharmaceutical companies. You know, I, I follow the list, the Fortune uh, Change the World list. I always love seeing that. They, they talked this year about um, the vaccine makers. And one thing that was interesting was how they collaborated together over the past year. And if you think about the brand lift around that, the actual social impact that's been made by these vaccine makers, and then of course, you know, the revenue. It, it's a great example of shared value, right? That you can, you can be enhancing your competitiveness and your business while simultaneously, you know, advancing social good. So I think that's an example in this past year um, of how important this is. No, it's it, it's a really good one, Holly. And and talk about ruthless competitors normally, right? Yes, I think I think there's a few other sort of lessons learned here from 2020. I, I think you know there's absolutely been the racial reckoning, and the, that has evolved the DNI conversation. You know, companies are really now focused on anti-racism, which is a different related discussion, but a different discussion. And, you know, conversations around, for example, flexibility that have been going on for years inside of organizations in one year now, because they've been forced to do it, they see that flexibility can work and has worked. So, you know, I think these are examples of how this past year has really um, changed a lot of these discussions. Right. I mean, so many companies we work with were forced to operate differently, um, which made, as you say, thinking about how do we manage our people? How do we keep our people going? How do we, uh, you know, maintain a positive outlook? And, you know, what is our role in the larger society, which everybody cares about even so much more? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's keep going here, Holly, and talk to me a little bit more about what does it really mean to be purpose-driven? Well, certainly, I think defining your purpose is much bigger than a brand exercise. You know, it's very deep work focused on why your company exists. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is that I saw the power of this at EY, um, it was back in 2013 that EY rolled out this new focus on purpose. It had been focused on quality, quality in everything we do. And this shift to building a better working world, you know, certainly in marketing and communications, we were a part of the rollout. 
But this was a discussion, you know, a very strategic discussion across the business in every facet of the business and to see how it took hold and how it's evolved over the years and how it has rallied the people of EY to be a part of something bigger. That's where I saw how this is a business discussion. This is a very important business discussion. Um, and I think that the value of this is rising because it, we are always talking about recruiting top talent, for example. They're being recruited because they believe in your company. And so what do they believe in about your company? Purpose is about you know, very important business issues around employee productivity or loyalty from your customers and just generally being a, a force for positive change. Um, what I would say, though, Rob, is and you know, certainly we've seen this. It is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, because it's it's people are skeptical. We're cynical, right? It's it's easy to to watch companies come out with messaging, you know, we care <laughs> in yes. whatever flavor of caring they want to talk about. But then you see the counter reality often of, you know, companies making, you know, and it's not easy, as you say. I mean, companies have to make tough decisions all the time. But to say, you know, we care deeply about our people and then you announce a round of layoffs or, um, you know, we care about sustainability and then you get dinged for certain practices. Um, it, it is a big deal to be real about it. And I love the EY example because I think it is a, a higher purpose, this idea of building a better working world. And it does connect completely to what the company does as a business inside and out, but it's not easy. And as you say, not for the faint of heart, the, you know, you can always question the specific. And so how do you move generally in that right direction? Right. Absolutely. And I think those are all great, important points. Purpose only matters if you put it into practice, you know, and so how and that's what we're going to get to, Rob, around the practicalities yeah, of this exactly. from, a, from a brand exactly. and marketing perspective. Um, there's all the perspectives around how purpose is embedded in your organization, but we're having a brand and marketing conversation, so we're going to speak to that. But I, I think, you know, one of the quotes that I really like is from the CMO of BlackRock, Frank Cooper, and he talks about, you know, the most dangerous place is neutrality right now because mm -hmm. you can get it from all sides. And so, the way forward is to really find your sense of purpose, why you exist, how you want to contribute to the world, how you want to advance humanity and stand in that truth. Um, and that should be your compass as a marketer and as a leader of the company. Uh, and I, I love that because you have to be very clear, very specific and sophisticated in how you approach these discussions. Yeah. And, you know, I think the challenge so often is that if you're a solar energy company, it may be easier <laughs> to connect a larger purpose to your business. If you're BlackRock, I, I'm not, you know, there's a lot of questions around that, right? I mean, I'm not questioning the sincerity right. of that statement at all. And I think they've been doing some really interesting things as far as I can tell, but it's, as you say, it's, it's not simple and there are gonna be a lot of hard choices that That's you right. have to make. That's right. I think their go. purpose is around, um, you know, advancing financial well-being for all kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's a good example of you got to think a lot about these things and are, can you stand true to, to the purpose? Right. 
And, uh, you know, I, I love the, the first part of that quote that you just cited, Holly, around the most dangerous place is neutrality. You're going to get it from all sides. Uh, you are. And, you know, if you're the size and scale of a black rock or an EY, you know, you're going to get criticized almost no matter what you do. And so taking a stand, I think, does add clarity. It does. Um, and, you know, it takes time to get comfortable in some of this language. Mm-hmm. And we are all on a journey here. Uh, so, so that's part of it as well. Right. Okay, let's bring it down. You know, the focus of this podcast is C-suite marketing and executive engagement. So let's talk about through the lens of purpose-driven and being a purpose-driven brand, how does this affect thinking about executive engagement, engaging with the C-suite with your, with your clients? Yeah, I think it's important to get practical. That's what I love about your podcasts, Rob, and I think people would... These are the kinds of practical examples that play out day to day in a brand and marketing team. Um, So I I think the opportunity around connecting with the C-suite and interestingly, specifically with the CEO audience on a lot of these topics is, is just tremendous. You know, CEOs are focused on leadership and legacy And purpose and company culture are a huge part of that. And obviously, talent strategy is a topic on every board agenda and affects the entire board. And um, what I've seen on this is you can't underestimate the power of values alignment on this, um, the values alignment with C-suite leaders. And you see this with the rise of a lot of these coalitions that have come about. So for example, PwC started a CEO action for diversity and inclusion coalition. You see World Economic Forum had just um, this year, the racial justice initiative. Then you have things like Catalyst around gender equity. So CEOs are engaging on this stuff all over the place. So I think if that's the important distinction, you know, engagement versus, you know, marketing in quotes, because it all is generated often from the brand and marketing team. But it's so critical to think about this values alignment piece. And that's sort of the sweet spot with your client or your potential client that area of alignment. So it's just great, rich opportunity for dialogue and knowledge sharing. But beyond that, potential collaboration in the, you know, instance we were talking about earlier with the vaccine makers, but also collaboration with your client in real win-win situations that build relationships in a very unique way. Right. I can get practical if you know some some more tactical examples if that's helpful. Um, yeah, in a second because I just want to stick with this um, alignment question a little more generally. So I love the examples of the uh, the coalitions or associations that you just mentioned, Holly, and you know superficially as a marketer one could say, oh you know, we need to join that, or we should sponsor that, or we should promote that. But if it is not authentic, if it is not really aligned with the deeper values of the business, the approach that you're taking out in the marketplace, that can boomerang very easily on you, right? Absolutely. Now, I will say, I think one of the reasons you're seeing the rise of a lot of these coalitions is that everyone is struggling with the same issues. And everyone is on a journey 
on different paths there and, and sort of different parts of the journey and can learn from each other. Because I think that's a, a big part of this discussion is that no one has all the answers at this right. point. And the, the, the environment is changing so quickly. So I, I do think it requires a real deep analysis of your own values and purpose, um, but also an understanding, if you're thinking about it from a client perspective, a different kind of understanding of your client's issues as well that will be helpful as you think about areas of, of alignment. No, that's great. And we, we, we often talk on this podcast and in, in the work we do generally around executive engagement, number one, everything comes from insight. So as you say, that really understanding your clients and what they care about, whether it's the CEO or others on the board or others in the C-suite, uh, and then number two, that full alignment, even with your own activities. So we talk a lot about random acts of executive engagement and the danger and the risks that that pose. And so having a more strategic and orchestrated and integrated approach to say, for example, we care deeply and we are committed to making a difference around diversity and inclusion then we understand that these executives, these CEOs that we care about also engaged. Here's a real opportunity over time to work together, to collaborate, build value-based relationships with them for everybody's benefit. You know, and I, this is where the strategic, sophisticated work of, of brand and marketing professionals comes into play because the same very rigorous approach to how to the language and the positioning and the putting the stake in the ground on on different issues, you have to apply it here. And you have to have that same approach to understanding where, you know, where are we going to focus here and move forward in that way. I think I think that's maybe a kind of another lesson of the last couple of years is, um, you know, really putting your top talent around some of these issues, you know, uh, from a marketing and communications perspective. Yes. No, I love that. Okay. Let's get into some even more practical examples. I know you, you have a number to share. I have a few that hopefully will be helpful. Um, one very, you know, practical one that we all are handling in, in the marketing function is sponsorships everybody's sort of thinking about how to measure ROI from their sponsorships. And I, I think it's an opportunity to look beyond kind of how your brand is showing up at an event and all of the, you know, typical ways that you think about sponsorships to how are you connecting with the C-suite on these issues that might not even be on the radar at all of the industry event that you're sponsoring. So by sponsoring it, you often have the opportunity to have input or, or even potentially design a session or a breakfast or something like that to be the organization that's putting forward one of these topics in and of itself is, is important. And then it creates an incredible opportunity for you to invite a client where you know there's values alignment on these issues to be a speaker or to be an invited guest. You do have to be, you know, to your point, Rob, you have to be clear about how the topic relates. So for example, you know, instead of a broad topic on diversity and inclusion, maybe it's specifically around 
diversity recruiting in your sector and, you know, very practical for that audience, or, you know, maybe it's around closing the digital divide or inclusive design, you know, it needs to be relevant and interesting to the audience, but um, these can just create really rich discussions. You know, they're not really seen, they're not seen as like the soft topics anymore. They're the leadership topics where you really have an opportunity to engage the C-suite. No, I love that. That's great. And I think, you know, we're seeing with a lot of the industry events that they are building more of these issues into their agenda. And so partly I think it's, you know, how do we leverage that? Absolutely. There's tremendous opportunities. And I think continuing to push them to add it more to the agenda as well. Yeah. And then, as you say, side events, side meetings, right? So very practical. This is what we do as marketers. Yeah. There's one example I love on this, which is the um, conversation around neurodiversity. I'm not sure if, if um, you're familiar with that term, but it's, it's um, hiring people who are neurodiverse, so who have autism or some, you know, whether it's um, dyslexia or a social anxiety disorder, you know, this is something that, again, that EY had been focused on, but now Microsoft, SAP, JP Morgan, they've all really gotten sophisticated around hiring neurodiverse professionals. And it's been fascinating to see how they are now out there speaking on this as a business issue and how the innovation and the, the technical skills that these professionals bring is, is actually a competitive advantage for them. Um, and that's just one example of a topic over the last few years that I think, you know, it, it, it's got the purpose-driven piece, but incredible business value as well. I love that, Holly. That's a great, great example. One of the other things we talk about a lot on this podcast is thought leadership. And I know that's another area that you work on a lot. And I'm curious what you're thinking these days about how thought leadership can support and reinforce and play into some of these larger issues. Absolutely. I would just say, you know, start to think about how these fit into your broader content strategy. There's so many nuanced topics here to explore and what an opportunity to put quality thought leadership into the world on these very, very important topics and, and to further the dialogue. So for example, if you're you know, focused on healthcare clients, think about a thought leadership piece focused on access to, to healthcare. You know, another example of, of one that I worked on a couple of years ago was around LGBTQ issues and how, you know, still 70 countries in the world being gay is illegal. And so putting thought leadership out around how global organizations are navigating that, keeping their employees safe, still being inclusive in the way that their brand is in these countries. I mean, these are hard things. And the opportunity for thought leadership, new data and research here, this is how you make impact. And this is the opportunity marketers have to to define some of these topics and, and put them out. Wow, that's great. All right, I want to shift very slightly um, to working with clients individually. Another topic that we've covered a fair amount in this whole area of C-suite marketing is really investing in collaborative innovation, co-innovation. You know, some of what we've just been talking about has to do with making connections, building relationships. Let's sort of keep going <laughs> in the in the the deepening relationship mode here and and you know innovating business. 
touched on around how do you bring this right down to the individual client level? Exactly. I think there's, there's tremendous opportunity there as well. One example would be sort of an ongoing client dialogue series that is a real win-win. So if you think about your account team and the structure of your account team, and then the team on the client side that's working with your team, you've got all levels of, of folks there, right? So, you know, there's a real opportunity to think about professional development that is a win-win on both sides while also engaging the C-suite of your client. So practically speaking, how that could play out is, um, let's say, a monthly or a quarterly breakfast or lunch series where you are hosting a fireside chat with a senior leader at your client, and you're inviting the junior members of the client team and your account team on a host of topics, whether it's the importance of mentorship, authentic leadership, the the client's personal career journey and all the lessons that they've learned. You know, a whole host of D, D, E, and I topics. Obviously, you could use this as an opportunity to elevate and spotlight, you know, one of the minority leaders at the client or on your side. It just can quickly become a rallying point for the team and to really bond the client team and the account team together in new ways. It's very easy to do these things virtually. So that's a plus with the virtual setup. It's also when we do get back to the in-person, just a tremendous networking opportunity and and relationship building opportunity. And also not a one-time thing. You know, it's a values-based decision that you and the client are gonna have this opportunity to develop um, some of the folks on the team. Great. All right, Holly, we have just a few minutes left. I want to step back a little further and talk about how does this affect the role of marketing, especially in kind of enabling or strengthening the the purpose-driven strategy for the business? I think it's a tremendous opportunity for marketing. We talk about reputation and relationships and how they drive revenue and how important, you know, the role is of marketing and driving all three of those things. This is about building the brand platform and positioning and activating your company's purpose. I mean, that's a very important, critical role to the broader business strategy and making it real and authentic. You know, for example, one thing I'm seeing a lot of is that because this whole conversation is getting much more sophisticated inside of organizations. You're starting to see entire functions focused on corporate responsibility, another separate function on DE&I, another separate function on environmental sustainability or purpose. Marketing needs to bring this whole story together, you know, and really how are you going to communicate this externally to your clients and to your stakeholders? And I think that one key here on the marketing side is that you yourself need to be a very inclusive leader. We can't be working in an echo chamber here. And I think that's also a real important moment now as we move forward in all of this is that we have to walk the walk as marketers. For example, bring in outside experts. If you need an outside diversity and inclusion expert to help you on this journey, Hire diverse vendors when you're, you know, working on marketing programs, you know, just really gain all points of view so that, you know, you're just being true to, to the positioning that you're putting out around your purpose. 
And then what stories are you telling? What a very powerful opportunity marketers have to choose the stories that that we are telling and, you know, how we're partnering for impact. There's so many pieces to this, but I do think, you know, I think marketing has such a critical role to play. I'm with you all the way, Holly, on this one. Absolutely. All right. Last kind of quick question. We've seen waves. Uh, I mean, I'm, I've got the grayer hair. I'm a lot older than you are, I know, Holly. But, uh, you know, we've seen waves of business interest and focus on corporate social responsibility, sustainability, things like that, that have to some extent waxed and waned over the years. And I'm curious your perspective on the staying power of some of the changes that we've been seeing over the last year or so. Well, Rob, I think, you know, we've seen momentum building over the last few years, but I think we've seen a tremendous rapid increase in the momentum um, just over the last year. Now we did see, for example, the business roundtable sort of defining the purpose of a corporation in 2019. That was a big step forward. We're, we're seeing more and more. But what's interesting to me is that I saw a McKinsey survey that showed that three quarters of CEOs believe in this shift to long-term value and a, a shift away from the short-term focus, but less than 5% have actually made that shift. Mm. And so this is the work ahead of us in, in terms of just really putting everything into practice. You know, we're, we're getting so much more sophisticated on the reporting through, you know, ESG reporting. You're seeing the rise of B Corps, for example, all the sustainability reporting. It's getting very real, but I think the key now, Rob, to is this going to continue comes down to consumers and employees. They are absolutely demanding it. It's not an option anymore. You know, we have to realize that businesses are being held to a higher standard and that we really do have this opportunity to drive positive change. So it's an exciting time. It's also a, a very important responsibility to do this in a way that's very true and authentic. That's fabulous. And I'll, I'll take the opportunity to make a small plug here because I think your last point about consumers and employees demanding it, we've got an ITSMA webcast where SAP is going to be sharing some really interesting research on what they call the passionates, a large and growing segment of the population, especially among millennials and Gen Z who just care so much more about all of these kinds of issues. And if we oh, are yeah. going to hire them, work with them, manage them, sell them, follow their lead, you know, we have to keep going. Uh, in I definitely direction. want to listen to that, Rob. SAP is doing incredible work in this area. I would absolutely hold them up as a best practice in being very um, sophisticated in their approach to tackling purpose-driven marketing and communications and putting out that thought leadership, as we discussed before, that's helping all of us as we go on this journey. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll end with a plug for SAP, Holly. <laughs> yeah, <Great>. I <laughs> Holly Humphrey, thank you so much. I love the conversation. I'm excited about your new business and uh, really looking forward to continuing the conversation with you. Thanks so much, Rob.
Thanks for listening. Please let me know what you think and any suggestions about other guests or topics for future podcast conversations. Check out other episodes of C-Suite Marketing on ITSMA.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks again to our sponsor, Boardroom Insiders. Have a great day.